Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe, and I am back at it, back at it, back at it again. I'm back at it again, man. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. Salute to all the savages in the chat. Salute to my guy, Rusty. Salute to everybody watching and listening, no matter where you're watching and listening to me from. We've got a lot to talk about. The New York Jets have a lot going on. We've got a draft up coming. We're going to be talking about the New York Jets cornerback position, the situation there. Should the New York Jets be looking to take a, dra- uh, take a corner high in the draft? We're going to be having that discussion today. We're also be- going to be talking as well about the wide receiver position, too. Drake London just had a big pro day today. There's a lot to discuss about that. We're also going to be talking about the disrespect shown to the New York Jets from the national media, as usual, always trying to talk trash about the Jets consistently and constantly. So we're going to be discussing that as well. We're also going to be covering Debo Samuels. A lot of people want him on the New York Jets. A lot of people looking to, you know, have the Jets make a move. And let me tell you something, things is – uh. Things is looking a little odd over there. You know, he, maybe he doesn't end up being a Niner next year. Maybe he doesn't. We'll see. But we're going to go ahead and get into the show. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth to folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. Also, everybody, listen, your boy is on iTunes, man. Go on iTunes, search The Long Beach Joe Show on iTunes. Subscribe to my podcast on there as well so you guys can listen to me, you know, on the go. And if you want to watch me, which is what you should be doing, you know what I'm saying, your boy is handsome. I'm just letting you all all know. If you ain't seen me in person, you know, I've got a face that is made for TV. I've been told that, you know what I'm saying? So come on by, you know, go, come on over to YouTube, put it, type in, Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell so when I post content, y'all will be in the know. You can come over there, check out the live shows. We have a lot of fun. I also post other Jets content as well. You know, we game too. We have a lot of fun, man. We have a lot of fun. So come on by Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube and come hang out with your boy. You know what I'm saying? I'm also on Twitter as well, The Long Beach Joe, The Long Beach Joe on Twitter. Show's Twitter page. Go ahead and follow that, man. Let's go back and forth and let's talk about football. There's a lot to discuss. Salutes again to all the savages in the chat. If anybody wants to know why I call my chat the savages, because they're savage. They're plain savage. 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 Nobody is safe, man. Not even me. If you got a take they don't like, they're going to get after you. Okay? Salutes to all my savages in the chat. Iman, Jets Gang, Edward. Brian Steele, Rusty, everybody in there, man. Everybody that's in there. Salute. A lot to discuss today, man. A lot to discuss. So, again, please follow me across my social media platforms. And let's go back and forth, man. Let's go back and forth. I love really discussing football with folks. So, with all that said, we're going to get into it. Again, 515 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're talking Jets today. Before we get to the callers, just one second, salute to Venom as well. We're going to be talking about the national media disrespecting the New York Jets on a consistent basis. Am I the only one that is tired of this? Because I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it, okay? I'm tired of it. 
it's been going on for as long as I've been a Jets fan, and I'm just I'm over over it. I'm over it all. I'm tired of watching the New York Jets be disrespected no matter what we do. Now, recently, an article came out that basically said the New York Jets didn't sign any top-tier players in free agency. That's what the article said. The article came out and it was talking from a standpoint, you know, the guy that wrote the article said he was contacted by just an NFL executive. And the NFL executives basically said that the New York Jets were in on a lot of guys, but they didn't land anybody. They didn't land any guys. A lot of, they just ended up signing a bunch of nobodies. It also went on the site about how Tyreek Hill went on and, you know, he went to the Dolphins and the Jets missed out on him. And there's a lot of question marks about Zach Wilson and a lot of question marks about what he brings to the table. And I'm reading this article, I'm reading it. And I'm saying, wow. You're telling me that you're on our case because Tyreek Hill decided to go to Miami. Okay, fine. That was his choice. Does anybody know that Tua plays in Miami? Okay? You're, you're, everybody's acting like Tua is Aaron Rodgers or something. Is, is he bringing in all the free agents all of a sudden? All right? Tua is not a great quarterback. He isn't. If you have question marks about Zach Wilson, you're damn sure to be having question marks about Tua. He's been a question mark since they drafted him, as a matter of fact. Dealt with injuries, then had up and down play. If you ask most Dolphin fans, they will tell you he is the biggest hindrance to their offense progressing. He is. But now we're sitting here acting like because Tua, right, because Tua is in Miami and Tyreek Hill decided to go to Miami, well, you know, Tua's bringing drawn in the free agents. Please stop. Please stop. That's completely ridiculous. And then to turn around and say that the New York Jets didn't get any kind of free agents, we got a bunch of nobodies, a bunch of low-tier players. I said, really? So uh, are you talking about the same team that, I, that I'm a fan of? Are you talking about the same team that wears green and plays in MetLife? Are we talking about the same guys, Robert Sullivan's the coach, Joe Douglas is the general manager, the Johnsons, they own this. Are we talking about the Jets? Is there another Jets team that you are talking about? Because I know you're not talking about this one. Because if we're talking about the New York Jets free agency that we just had, they had one of the better free agencies in all of the league. We didn't sign anybody. We signed a bunch of bums, a bunch of slack-jawed yokels. Really? What about Lakin Thomason? Is he a bum? Lakin Thomason is one of the best guards in free agency. High-rated guard. The guy's a Pro Bowl guard. Understands the scheme. Has worked within our scheme before. Understands what our offensive coordinator wants to do. Rated highly by PFF. I'm not a big PFF guy, but guess what? He's rated pretty highly by those guys, and everyone swears by PFF. There you go. By the way, guy hasn't missed a snap in three years. We needed a guard. Joe Douglas went and got one of the best guards in free agency. Now he's stuck. <laughs> now he's stuck. You sign with the Jets, you go from being great to being trash. Come on. Come on, guys. The second you put that pen to paper with the Jets and you sign your name to become a New York Jet, you're trash. There's, there's no way around it, huh? This is insane. The New York Jets signed good players this offseason. Lakeland Tomlinson is an A signing. We also went and got C.J. Uzma as well. Tyler Conklin. 
Does anybody know that tight end was a top need for the New York Jets? We haven't had a tight end since Dustin Keller. And we went and got ourselves a threat. Uzma was one of the top tight ends in free agency as well. Anybody remember Njoku got franchise tag, Schultz franchise tag, so many guys kept where they were at. Gasecki franchise tag. Uzma was the top guy. And guess what? We went and got him. We went and got him. Yeah, he signed. He's going to be wearing green next year. I don't know if anybody knows that. So is Tyler Conklin. And guess what? One of the reasons that he said he wanted to come here was because of what the New York Jets were building, because of what they were doing. That was the main reason why he wanted to come here. He's excited about being coached by Robert Sella. He's excited about what the New York Jets are doing here and in the facility. So what does that mean? There's a culture change here. Players are looking around, and they're saying, you know what, the New York Jets are an option. They have things that are going on over there. They're building a squad that's going to be better. They're building a team that's going to go somewhere in years to come. But the national media, for some reason, can't see that. We're still scrubs. We're still bums in their eyes because we didn't land Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill decided to go to Miami with Tua. Insane. But it just doesn't stop there. Oh, no. The New York Jets also landed other guys as well that were good. Let's talk about Jordan Whitehead. Anybody remember him? There was a need as well at safety by the New York Jets. Marcus Mayer walked away, right? He, we were done with him. He, could, he moved on, signed with the team he wanted to go to. Everybody's looking around. Aston Davis is the only guy around. We're like, damn, what are the Jets going to do? They went out and got Jordan Whitehead, one of the better safeties in free agency. But I guess he's a bum now too. Just a Super Bowl winner. That's all he is. Just played with the Bucks, won a Super Bowl, played in the Super Bowl with a, with a torn labrum, gutted it out, showed you that he was going to play week in and week out, showed you that he could do whatever he needed to do to make sure that that ring was on his finger. Championship pedigree, but he's a bum too, I guess. He's a bum too. And what was one of the things he said at his press conference on his signing? that he wanted to come here because of Robert Sella. He likes what Robert Sella brings to the table. That's what he likes. He wanted to come here and be coached by him. But I guess they're all bums. My deal is we cannot win with the national media. We can't. We truly can't. There's nothing that the New York Jets can do to ever be looked at in a good light by the national media. If we would have overspent like the Jaguars and just went crazy, people would have said, oh, the Jets are idiots. Oh, same old Jets, blowing money, not being responsible with their cap. They'll be done in years to come. That team's trash. They're always trash. For Douglas, everybody's trash over there. That's exactly what the national media would have said. Joe Douglas went into free agency with a good plan. It was concise, and we handled business. Still being called crazy. Still. I always like to take it back to when I really, truly realized that the media was not on the side of the New York Jets. And I know that there's going to be a lot of fans, and I can't wait to hear from you. We're going to talk tonight. We've got a lot to discuss, 515-602-9639. There's going to be a lot of fans that say, Joe, our beat, our beat, our beat, our beat is bad too. Look, I get it, but I'm putting those guys aside right now. What about when Ryan Fitzpatrick was here? Anybody remember that? Ryan Fitzpatrick was here for some years. There was a year that he had where he broke franchise records here. We played a soft schedule. We played a bunch of teams. We ran into a bunch of teams that had key injuries 
all kind of things were going on. Things really fell our way that year. I told everybody that offseason, we should not resign Ryan Fitzpatrick. Don't bring him back here. He's not the guy we should move forward with. Let's figure out what we have or go draft the quarterback. Do not sign him to the type of money he's asking for. Mike McCagnan was here. The national media went off and said, if the New York Jets do not resign Ryan Fitzpatrick to the money that he wants, this franchise is idiotic. Give Fitz magic what he wants. Anybody remember that? Fitz magic? Oh, he was magic, all right. Oh, he sure was magic. <laughs> that magic trick went over fast. He literally was asking for $16 million the next season. The New York Jets were tough, hard up against the cap, and guess what? Mike McCagnin, the general manager he was, caved to the pressure from some in the fan base, the national media, they gave Ryan Fitzpatrick that money, and that was the worst, one of the worst signings the New York Jets ever made. He came back the next year and was the worst quarterback in all of the NFL. Threw multiple interceptions, turned this entire franchise into a walking joke. It was insane. And the same people that sat in seats on live television at ESPN, CBS, so on and so forth, guys like Teddy Bruschi, who I remember. Oh, yes. I'm going to say that name. I watched Teddy Bruschi, before we signed sign Ryan Fitzpatrick, sit there and say, if the Jets don't get it done, they're idiots. And then after we signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, he said the, idiot, the Jets were idiots for signing Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's exactly what he said. The Jets are idiotic for, for giving him that type of money, even though you were the guy that told us to give him that cash. They bashed us the entire year into the offseason because we did exactly what they told us to do. Because Mike McCagnin caved and gave in to pressure. We can never get a break by the national media. They're always going to bash the New York Jets forever. It's always going to be a good, a good time just absolutely going off on the Jets. That's how it works around here. So tired of that. So tired of the narrative disrespect. We're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about the cornerback position for the New York Jets as well. A lot to discuss. We got Bryce Hall, Brandon Echols, Michael Carter, DJ Reed. I'm wondering if the New York Jets even need to draft a corner. Bryce Hall played extremely well at our number one spot. Had 16 pass deflections that year. You go back and watch the game against the Bengals. Let me tell you something. <laughs> we, thought, we thought that young receiver with the Bengals was going to go off against us. He didn't, and that was because of the work of Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall played extremely well for us at that number one corner spot. You also had Eccles as well flashing at that number two spot. Started, you know, was spending time with Gundry. They were kind of breaking time back and forth. But as the season continued on, he continued to flash. And then guess what? He really showed us something. That kid stays healthy. He could be something there. Then you also got Michael Carter as well. Michael Carter the second, the other Michael Carter. <laughs> guess what? He locked down the slot, was one of the best young corners in the league. He one of the best slot corners in the league, which we've been looking for a slot corner for quite a minute. He was able to come in and shore that up. This is a rookie. Now, again, he spent a lot of time on that injury list. He's got to clean that up. But if he can stay healthy next year, He's a guy that can come in and absolutely get it done for us as well. Then you got DJ Reed, who we just gave $33 million. Young ascending corner, going to be 25, extremely familiar with Robert Sulla and his system. 
I'm wondering if you're drafting a corner, where exactly is he going? Where's he going to play? Are you pushing Bryce Hall out of his number one role, even though he's shown you that he could be unbelievably sturdy there, competing for that number two spot? If so, what did you give DJ Reed the money you gave him for? And I, I don't know about that slot position either because Michael Carter played unbelievably well. I'm just wondering where a young corner will go if we're taking him early like some Jets fans want to. We're going to have that discussion tonight. So we're going to go to the lines again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. We're getting to these lines. But before we get there, I want to give – my guy, Leon S. Kennedy, a shout-out with the big, 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 big <laughs> I said I want to give Leon Kennedy a shout-out with the big, 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 big <laughs> Salute to you, Leon Kennedy. Leon says, thank you for being you, sir. God bless you, and hopefully I will be able to donate more soon. Salutes to you, Leon. I had to get to this donation. We missed it. Salutes to you, man, and I want to thank you for giving to the program. Again, everyone watching, please give the stream a thumbs up no matter where you're watching me from. Also, share the stream as well with your friends, your family, across your social media. I love getting in contact with other people via those methods. If you like to give to the stream, the Super Chat is there. The Cash App is also at the bottom of the screen, too. And as you can see, my social media is spread all across. Please follow me across my social medias as well. So now we're going to get to these lines again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is number. Call in. Again, when you call in, please be patient. We'll get to everybody. We're also going to be talking to Tony Pauline tonight. That guy knows the NFL. Can't wait to speak with him. All of my new callers, please, again, be patient, and please make sure that your background is good to go when you call in, all right? I want to hear you, and I want my, my, uh, my listeners to be able to hear your takes as well. So first we're going to – my guy, Rusty. Rusty, we're coming directly to you, Rusty. Rusty, salutes. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Rusty, we got a lot to discuss, man. Give me your thoughts on the disrespect from the national media, man. How do you feel about how some of the national media talk about the New York Jets? Salutes, Joe. Salutes, fellow savages. Salute. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm used to it. I honestly mm. uh, grew up you know, going to elementary school in the 90s and everything, it was always that. You know, thank God for Boomer. You know, he was always saying my favorite Martin because other than that, we really got no love whatsoever. And, mm. um, yeah, I don't know. I'm used to it. You know, I'm, you know I sort of got, like, I don't know, dragon scales towards it. It 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 mm. doesn't surprise me anymore. But then I know when it happens with us, you know, when they really, when they see what we already know and see, then all of a sudden they're going to be like, yeah, we told you all along, you know, blah, 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 all that <laughs> jargon. So <laughs> I'm already prepared yeah. for it. You know, I'm sure you are too. And a majority of the older savages as well. You know, we were born and baptized throughout this, whatever this has been, you know, so savage yeah. is correct. You know, it's true to our word. I mean, it- it, it just blows my mind, though, Rusty, because I'm like, at this point, look at everything that Joe Douglas has done, all the moves that he's made, the trades that he's made, getting rid of Jamal Adams, a box safety for two first-round picks. You know, we got more for Jamal Adams than, than the Packers did for Devontae Adams. Yeah, I know. It's great. We're, we're, getting, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting so many moves that he's made, things that he's done in the draft that have continuously shown that there is a plan here. 
Then you got players constantly talking about how this culture change is real to New York Jets. And I just feel like the, 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 the national media is constantly trying to push this old barbaric narrative about the Jets that we're just stumbling, bumbling idiots, that we can't figure anything out. And, Rusty, I am just tired of it, dude. I'm tired of it. Oh, yeah. Same here. It's like, you know, I used to hit mute while playing Madden because of Madden, you know, calling all the plays. But, you know, if I'm watching <laughs> if I'm watching the TV, I hit mute because I don't need to hear their nonsense, you know. So yeah. it is what it is. And the beat, don't even listen to them, pay no attention. You know, SNY, you know, Bart Sharp, all of them, I'm good. You know, it's cool. Yeah. He's just jelly because he doesn't have a ring on his finger, either from, you know, both the Ravens and the Jets. So, you know, I love their loss. So I'm cool with that, too. You know, I love what we're doing. And, you know, running a 12 personnel, you're done. Like, we got a yeah. brutal, brutal front now. And, you know, it, it is, we're just going to run through you. It's just it's just is what it is. Good luck with, you know, cornerbacks guarding tight ends that are just don't, don't care and just running rampant. That's why I want us to yeah. draft one more tight end and uh, Kate Otten because – it would just be funny to me, you know. It would be comical. Yeah. We'd all laugh. We'd get that old, you yeah. know, good old belly chuckle. It would be, it'd be hilarious. Yeah. And all of a sudden the NFL won't know what the heck is going on, just bullying the bullies. And I, it, it's it's just you're kicking, you're kicking a gigantic snowball down the mountain and it's just getting bigger and it's going to hit an avalanche and it just continues. And I'm just loving it. It's just McDonald's exactly. all the way, exactly. you know. ba da ba 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 I'm good. <laughs> so now – now we're looking at it because you talked a little bit about the draft, how you're looking forward uh-huh. to it. I am as well. There's a lot of discussion with the New York Jets, particularly at the cornerback situation. And I'm of the mind that I don't know if the New York Jets need to take a cornerback in the first round. There's been a lot of discussion with that with me. I've gone back and forth with a lot of people. I look at the current guys that we have, and I say to myself, I think that this secondary, this young secondary, was uh, played a lot better than a lot of people thought that they would, particularly coming into the season. Uh- and I'm happy with Absolutely. what we have. Give me your thoughts and your assessment currently about some of the guys that we have here. Do you feel like they've really kind of outplayed a lot of the expectations that people had for them coming into last season? I love them all. They all cut their teeth and, you know, they're smiling with bloody grins. It's great. And they want more. You know, that's how we're building character and it's a completely different team. Completely, I've never seen the Jets like this. From the, from, well, thank God that our owners, you know, got their hands off the reins and they're like, no, that's bad, you know. So now mm-hmm. JD's running the show along with Salah, and they trust each other, and it's beautiful, you know. And yeah. as far as with the draft, I'm, I, I, I've been strong all along, saying I do not want corn. I love how our secondary is. I just think we're just missing a little bit. A little push, if you will. You know what I mean? Just some yeah. interceptions and things of that nature. But I, I, I'm, I really don't want anything to do with a cornerback or wide receiver. And I don't mean to throw a wide receiver in there, but I don't want anything to do with wow. cornerbacks in the first. And okay. um, pretty much the second as well. If we're going to do it in the third, I want to trade the fourth. You know, So I, I'm thinking in my mind multiple picks that we don't already currently have. But, you know, Wait, hold, on scenario hold, on second, hold on a second, Rusty. Hold on a second, because you just said yeah. something. All right, I'm gotta, pulling back. I, 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 I want to hear. <laughs> you, you said you want to trade the, the the number four pick. Is that what you just said? Yeah, unless Hutch okay. is there. Give me, unless okay, Hutch so is let's there. Hutch is okay, let's let, mm-hmm. – okay. But Hutch, let's say Hutch is but gone. Me and you, you know, we're, I know that you're KT and everything, and you know I'm not. So it's like pointless. No, to go I'm back fine. And forth I'm, no, I'm fine. No, he's a freak, I, I and I love that, his talent. I get, I get that. 
Listen, yeah. I get I get that, Rusty. What I'm asking you is, Hutch is gone. Give me your scenario yeah. for trading down on the fourth pick. Where exactly do you see the New York Jets <laughs> going, and what exactly you know are, is your minimum requirement to get something back to make that move? I'm I'm looking for you know a very big panic with multiple teams looking for a quarterback, and I'm praying that um, in a way that Detroit does not go quarterback. You know, so that way it trickles down to us and everybody's in that panic. And all of a sudden, you know, you got to pick between Malik. You have to pick between uh, Pickens or Pickett. And then you have to think about, too, Desmond Ritter. He's climbing up ridiculously. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I I just want to war over it and we just sit back and smile. But I don't want us to drop too far back. You know, I sort of want it to be around Pittsburgh at the latest, you know, around 20. Wait, I I want a king's ransom, you know. I want some boot. Okay. I want I want next year. I want like a next year's first with some other maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I just want them to overpay like crazy. That's what I want because I've seen us do it in the past, and mm-hmm. I I really want what Dallas did in the '90s to happen with us. You know what I mean? Okay. Like. Yeah. Well, for the Wesley Welker trade and having Jamal be like that and just have it just cascade, you know, obviously we didn't get what we, you know, that other trade, but I just hope it builds off of that and it's just a, a monster, you know, we just rule okay. the draft so, and future drafts. So, so give me, give me, give me this then. You're saying you want to, you want to move down, you know, the furthest you uh-huh. go is Pittsburgh, but let's say, let's say yeah. you go down to Atlanta at eight. Let's say Atlanta wants to jump Carolina. You move down yep. to Atlanta at eight. Who are you targeting then? Yep. Who are you targeting when I mean, you move down a, a space like that? I mean, my edge guy for the first round would be Carl, the Grick, the Grick Freak. So I take the Carl, Grick Freak. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, um, boy, I, I wouldn't be – and if, you know, how – you know, J.D. would know and Sal and everybody else almost get – but they would know how other teams are thinking. I mean, I wouldn't be mm-hmm. – uh, opposed to trade out of eight, honestly, if that were to happen, if some and then mm-hmm. you know because there's another quarterback available and somebody else wants to, I would trade back again because then we still have ten, you know, as a fail safe, hopefully, you know. So okay. I would try and trade that thing again and then just keep on building and then at ten, take a uh, take Carl and then with our next pick, take uh, Dean, and okay. then after that go what? for you know Amafe. And then after that, go for Leo, and just what build the team. What are your thoughts peak. about this, Rusty? What are your thoughts about this? Because I hear you talking about edge rusher, and I want edge rusher as well. My final mm-hmm. question for you, though, because there's been a lot of discussions about Drake London. Okay, a lot. There's been a lot of rumors about Drake London to the Jets. It's been going back and forth. He had an amazing pro day today. Give me your thoughts about him. Would you be upset if the New York Jets took Drake London at ten? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? I would not be happy Why? at all. Yeah, I don't. Why? I don't want a wide receiver in the first at all this year. Really? I'm cool. I'm good. I know how you are at USC, dude. It's good. But. No, it's, it's, it's not USC. It's not USC. Listen, Rusty. It's not. USC. I know. I, it's I, about dude, I had to throw a stinger in there. Weapons. I had a mess with I, I you. Said it's about. <laughs> it's about getting offensive weapons for Zach Wilson. Right. You. you got Drake London, uh-huh. who's a big body guy, and go up. Catch radius is ridiculous. He can move. I'm wondering why not take a guy like that to come help Zach Wilson? Because I could see us getting that in return in the third, if not better, you know, in the future just with the seed. Honestly, with or a fourth with uh, Erica Ekazukanama, 
you know, good old Easy E. Dude, I've watched that kid in games. He's insane. And everybody talks about Debo, and I'm telling you that he's got a bet. He's got the best shot of being a Debo in this draft. And mm. I mean, I know he's a Raider, you know, from Texas Tech, but I mean, dude, it's. He never runs out of bounds. He just goes for it. His catch radius is insane, too. And he knows how to block. Uh, and, yeah, you know, him and Kyle Phillips are my two favorite wide receivers in this draft. But, no, I, I understand where you're coming from and everybody else, too, at London. But, man, I just don't I, – I don't know. I just don't feel it. It's yeah. what I understand at the same time, too. But I just – I don't know, man. I, I, I was never a fan of Keyshawn, either. You know, like, he did good for us, but then he dropped in crucial situations, too. I don't know. Come on, ref. And I'm not comparing ref. him, right, too. Ref. I'm just doing a U.S. I'm just doing a USC burner. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Listen, but, Rusty, I want to thank you for calling in. You have yourself a good one, man. <laughs> <laughs> Rusty is crazy. Come on, Rusty. You're going to say you didn't like Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, come on, man. You know, how can you be a Jets fan and not like Keyshawn Johnson what he brought to the table? How could you compare Drake London to Keyshawn Johnson? It's two different guys. It's a different time. Drake London had an amazing pro day today, though. We're going to be talking about that again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is number. Call in. We are taking all callers. Next, I'm going to my guy, Bill. Bill, I'm coming directly to you. Chris, Jacob, please, you know, we'll get to you guys in a second. Bill, salutes to you. I want to thank you for calling in today. Listen, Bill, we're having a lot of discussions, man. Drake London had a big pro day today. Give me your thoughts about him as a prospect. Would you be upset if the New York Jets took him at 10? Big Joe. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Drake London. Uh, you know, the, the, the controversy with running the 40, I don't know if people put a lot of uh, – yeah, they make a lot of jokes about that. Don't think it's going to be a big factor in the evaluation. Um, mm-hmm. Said big talent, big talent, productive guy. Got hurt. Um, just fans are excited. Uh, like I think a prior caller said, there's a lot of guys out there who are not being talked about. Wide receiver every year is a deep position, and a lot of guys who get missed. I mean, if you go back, the guys who are uh, you know, everyone heard of Debo Samuel, but he didn't have a great first year and was forgot about him. And then he pops up again. So you know, there's a lot of talent out there for the tenth pick or the fourth pick. You know, that's a position that we're going to see, need to see immediate production out of the guy. You know, receivers typically might take him a couple of years to get on the same page with the receiver, learn a new offense, get in sync with his, his quarterback. I mean, do we want to invest those two years? If it takes two years, how are you going to feel as a fan? Is that going to be a situation where there's more pressure on the coach uh, because we're waiting for this guy to catch up, which which happens with, with receivers? So uh, the guy, he's got the tell, he's got the size, he's a big – no, I mean, it doesn't yeah. always happen. But, you know, typically what you yeah, see but, is, especially you got. Yeah, but here's the thing, and I hear you, Bill, and I hear what you're saying about the production, but it's not like, you know, he's going to come in to, you know, pairing with Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios. You know, he's going to come in there, and he's going to be helped as well. Just because he's a, a young, you know, wide receiver doesn't mean he's not going to be able to come in and be productive immediately. Right? We saw a guy like Justin Jefferson, who was taken recently, step in with the Minnesota Vikings. He was taken late in the draft, uh, late in the first round, excuse me, and came in and gave big production to them immediately. So that doesn't always mean that it's going to be two years before we actually see this guy do something. Guys can come in and put up some solid numbers. You know what I mean? 
right yeah, off the bat, Jefferson especially with, with a, you have a big body, a big body guy like Drake London, he's going to be unbelievably effective in that red zone because you can teach everything, right? You can teach, you can teach, you know, how to catch. You can teach route running. You can teach all that, dude. You can't teach size. You can't teach. Well, you, you know, want to six, four, that... six, five. You can't teach it. You can't teach it, dog. Yeah, you. You can't teach it. Jefferson, he went with a veteran quarterback. He had Kirk Cousins there. So that was one thing going to his advantage. Take a look at who the Jets picked up in the offseason. We've got two tight ends who are going to be active in the passing game. My biggest concern, yep. getting a guy in the first round, how many footballs are you going to be on the field at one time, right? We can only throw one football mm-hmm. at a time, and you're going to have these mm-hmm. tight ends who are coming in the scheme where for the last year everyone's been saying we need tight ends to run the scheme. We got them now. I don't know if they're going to go ahead and invest. Are they going to do that? Maybe they will. I don't know. I'm all for it. The guy can play the game. I mean, he was eight games at 1,800 yards. It's ridiculous. If he played the whole season, yeah. I don't know how many yards he would have had. But, you know, I just I want to wait and see. I want to see what Joe does. You know, Joe's going to pull something out of his bag of tricks for sure. Whatever he does, you know, we're going to be baffled by it until it comes to fruition, then we'll see. But uh, personally, yeah. I don't know how they're going to do that. Well, you have, like I said, you have these two tight ends coming in. They, they have uh, the receivers in hand. Maybe, maybe they pick them up. They pick them up. I'm all for it. Yeah. What are your thoughts about the Jets' cornerback position? There's a lot of talk and discussion about the New York Jets drafting a cornerback. There are some people that want to see the New York Jets draft Derek Stingley Jr. Are you also a fan of that pick as well? Depends on where. I mean, he's coming off of uh, the injury a year or so ago. His last season was kind of spotty. Not his, his freshman year, but if you look back, he got burned by some guys. I mean, you look at the game against uh, Devontae Smith, it was, like, embarrassing. But uh, but that was because he was young. I mean, he's he's shown some incredible flashes coming out of, out of high school. He was highly touted. Um, and if that's a guy we could draft and put aside to kind of have him sit and learn, that would be great. But again, is this the team that's ready to have some guys sit on the sideline and learn? You saw what happened last year with our corners. We drafted guys to uh, who were safeties in college to be linebackers. We threw them out there to get some reps. Threw the uh, corners out there to get some reps. Everyone was worried about the youth that was out there, and those guys picked it up. So if this is a, a team where we're going to get our guys and throw them out there to, to, to play off the bat, to your point, you know, you're concerned about uh, if someone's going to go get sauce, if we're going to pick up sauce, you know, where do you put him? Mm-hmm. If he's going to battle someone to take a spot. Uh, if it's Stingley, if you have him sit on the sideline, is that, I mean, is that better? So I don't know. I think right now I'm, I'm – I, the only reason I would say Sauce early would be because he's so much better than the rest of the competition at that position in, in terms of the younger yeah, guys in the yeah. draft. So you get a guy who is so much more dominant. But, you know, that's not, you know, first first selection, that wouldn't be my first pick. We have other needs that are more immediate and secondary. And I think we're good to go with the guys we have. They have another year of experience. They're going to only get better. You pick up some guys later in the draft at the corner position or contribute. A lot of guys, again, a lot of the guys are not household names who are out there who are solid, who are getting overlooked that, uh, you know, Joe G is going to call a name. We're going to pick a name on day two or day three. Guys are going to be scratching their heads, and then they're going to look and see that that guy's going to be a contributor. So uh, I think right now, Stingley, I, I don't see why we'd pick him up because he'd have to go pretty high, and we mm-hmm. definitely need someone who's going to contribute right away in a spot of availability. So I, I can't see that. Yeah, I'm right there with you. My whole deal is, look, I, and, I, and I've had multiple discussions with people about this. For me, just like you, sauce for me is just the – you know, head and shoulders in my mind, you know, as far as a pick, as far as a, a sure pick uh, above a lot of, uh, you know, everyone else in this cornerback market. He's my number one corner. Uh-huh. Stingley is a guy uh-huh. that I think is, you know, he's solid. But like you said, that lens frack injury, that foot injury that he has, and like, you know, he has an injury history, 
Not interested. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not interested. Yeah. Look, I understand he's a good bananas. player. I, I get it. But that foot injury, you're a corner. You're going to need yeah. your feet. You're going to be running around. You have an injury history, like you said. The production is up and down as well. No, thank you. I, I, we yeah. need to hit on these picks. And if we're taking a corner, if we do that, and, again, I've been a big proponent of not, not taking a corner, not in the first round at least, right, not taking a corner in the first round. But if we're doing that, then guess what? I need to make sure that this guy hits. I need to make sure that this guy is as close to a guy that's going to come in and produce immediately as I can get. And we've done this yeah. in the past where we've taken players that have injury histories and we've tempted fate and they come here and they – they have these same issues going forward. They have injury issues yeah. here. Things don't work out for us. I want to make sure that that guy's healthy and ready to go the second that he steps in if I'm taking a corner in the first round. You know what I'm saying, Bill? Yeah, and they can take the corner, and they will have one pick. We have the two picks, and you go from yeah. one uh, two picks to one pick, and then the guy we're hoping gets better and is ready to go. And then that is not in the position we're in right now. This is a team that needs to make a huge, huge stride right now with guys who are going to play as close to day one as possible, make an impact. And that's why, you know, we go back and forth with the receiver, and it's like, yeah, I mean, we definitely need an impact receiver. It's got to be a guy who's going to be able to get those touches in there, and a guy, a guy that they're going to be able to spread the ball around with if it's the scheme. I mean, if you're looking at a Jamison Williams, maybe, but I don't know where you pick him up. He's not going to be a 10, or, you know, that might be too early to pick up a guy like that with that history. So, you know, mm-hmm. let me just see what Joe does. we got a lot of, uh, you know, we only have two weeks. I can't wait. I'm excited. I've already got the day off from work so I could stay home and just get excited and get ready for the draft. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hyped as well. Now, my final question for you, man, because you, I know you touched on, you know, for you, there's other pressing needs. And I'm guessing that other pressing need is possibly pass rusher, right? We've been yes. talking a lot uh, about yeah. a lot of stuff. Okay, so we've been talking about a lot of stuff, right? And we've seen a lot of draft evaluation change. We've seen guys raise up the board. We've seen some guys drop down the board. There's a looming thought out there that if it came down to it, the New York Jets would select Jermaine Johnson over Kayvon Thibodeau if he was there at four. What are your thoughts about that, that thought process and that, and that, that mindset? What, do you think that Joe Douglas would do that? And what are your thoughts about them matched up as draft prospects? Uh, I would be all for that. I got to say uh, Thibodeau. Wow. Okay. Guy's got a lot of talent. Okay, go He's got a lot okay. of talent. Take a look at um, like a great Cosell. Uh, if you ever listen to Greg Cosell, guy he, mm-hmm. that Jermaine Johnson's number one, his number one uh, edge, basically because of mm-hmm. the bend around the corner. He's like, you know, you look at guys who came out of college, Jadavian Clowney. So Jadavian Clowney matches up more with Hutchison and with mm-hmm. Thibodeau in terms of the guy like bend around the corner, and and he kind of projects those guys to go to the same way. You know, it's Clowney was great in college, but the pros, the guy's been on like five teams in five years or something like that. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. he's not sticking on. He's, he's, he cites that lack of bend that, that you see in Johnson. So head-to-head, I think you go with Johnson. Uh, Thibodeau, the guy, he's got it all figured out. You know, I mean, he's, he already knows he knows it all. He's telling everyone that the coach can teach him anything. doesn't seem like the type of guy that Joe's been getting. Joe's been getting these rah-rah guys <laughs> who are just willing okay. to sit down and go with it. And, and, and it seems, you know, people don't think that's significant, but think about I mean, I'm, I'm from New York, so – Every time growing up, we got a guy who came from out of town who came to New York, got a little bit of money. He goes to your head. You know, you're the center of the universe in New York, as far as they're concerned. It, it, it makes you more of what you are, right? Money makes you more of what you are. So you get a guy in there who already knows everything. He's going to know more. You have a guy who's willing to work. You look at uh, Johnson. He was uh, – I forgot what school he was at before, but he transferred to Florida State. It was, uh, you know, he's had a, a yeah, playing issue at the other school, but he's gracious about it. 
never said anything bad, mm-hmm. moved on, did his business, and now he's had an opportunity to make a lot of money and be a big contributor. That's that's a lot. That's 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 the prototype for the kind of guys that Jody gets. You know, he picks these guys, mm-hmm. don't have a lot of these these issues that are gonna blow up down the road when you have a guy who comes in, you pay the guy you know, eight figures, you wanna put his head down and work just like he did when he was in college and I think to, to Jermaine Johnson's probably the safer pick along those lines and again I'm just going along the lines of what I've seen in, in the last couple of years with Joe. I think he's going to go with a pick that's safer than that. Now, they have these interviews with Thibodeau. You know, they've sat down with the guy. We don't know if he told the guy, so, you know, when you go out, you know, sh- show out and be a big mouth. So, you know, we throw a smoke screen in the media and no one knows we're going to pick you. So, at the end of the day, we don't know what went down in the meeting room. But, you know, you're looking at the tape anyway from tape. You know, I, I see Thibodeau. He's, he did not – he dominates the second half. But he doesn't dominate like the type of domination you want to see a guy like that. I mean, even Hutchison, I mean, even though he projects – uh, he's projected to be the number one guy. When he was in there, he's manhandling guys. I mean, it was consistently he was throwing aside uh, the, the offensive lineman. I just don't see it with Thibodeau. And I see uh, mm-hmm. Johnson get around the corner on these moves. He's, he's taking these angles. He's quick. He's fast. You know, he makes his move. He commits. So, you know, we'll see. I think if it's a matter of projecting a guy, you know, the bend is the difference, and then also just the prototype, I'm thinking it's going to be Johnson. But Yeah, I, yeah. I, mean, look, Thibodeau, I, I understand. Yeah, look, I understand a lot of people talking about Thibodeau and, you know, he's been all of a sudden a lot of people are discussing, you know, his attitude and him talking about his brand and stuff. But I want to keep this in mind. I want everyone to keep this in mind. This is my opinion. Every player is concerned about their brand, all of them. Of course. Okay? Yep. Endorsements to all that stuff. But guess what? I think a lot of people are forgetting this. If you suck, your brand (laughs) takes a hit and it doesn't work. Okay? I want to say this again. If you're trash, I'm talking trash. If you're trash, listen. If you're trash, it wasn't work, and your brand will take a hit. So guess what? If a guy cares about his brand, that means he's going to come here and play to the wall. He's gonna give it. He's gonna want his brand to take off, man. Garbage. Exactly. You gotta. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's gonna buy your jersey if you're garbage. That's not how it works, okay? Guys, the last the thing I want to just throw out there is he's going against guys. Go ahead, I'll give you the last word. Yeah, last word. I understand that. I appreciate it. I know that, too. That's the case. This guy's got to sell. He's gonna, he wants to sell some jerseys. Problem is mm-hmm. there's a locker room full of guys who are making close to the league minimum or not being paid, but he's going to be paid, and they don't want to hear his mouth about he knows everything. So that's a, something well, you got to keep in mind. He's a grown, grown-ass man in there who are trying to take <laughs> care of their families, and his kid is telling them that he knows everything about everything. That doesn't play well, listen. so we'll see what happens. You know. All right, listen. I hear you, Bill. I hear what you're saying, but I think a lot of people are getting it wrong about Kayvon. But we'll discuss it. Listen, I got to get back to these lines, we'll Bill. I want to thank you for calling in, man. man. You have yourself a good night. All right. Take care, man. Good man. All right. Salutes to Bill, man. Bill calls in. Bill calls in with fire, always. He knows his Jets. We're going to keep going with these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. For all of my new callers, please be patient. We'll get to everybody. Also, when you call in, please make sure that your background's good and your phone's good as well. I need to hear you. Please give the stream a thumbs up. You know what I'm saying? And also share the stream as well on your, plat- on your social media with your friends and family, everybody. I want to thank everybody for watching. Again, if you would like to give to the stream, Super Chat's there. Cash App is at the bottom of the stream as well. And also when you call in, don't curse because I'll get you out of here fast. I'm talking fast. 
faster we got Jamal Adams on. Have fun with that rebuild in Seattle. <laughs> hey, think about this. Jamal Adams did not want to go through a rebuild with the Jets, so he went to Seattle, and now he's going through a rebuild. <laughs> Boo, Jamal. We're going to keep getting to these lines again. 515 is the number. Call in. Next, I'm going with my guy, D, from the Bronx. <laughs> Jacob, Chris, will come to you guys in a second. D from the Bronx salutes to you, D. I want to thank you for calling in today. Listen, D, we're, we're talking. We're, we're moving, grooving, shaking. We've got a lot to discuss. Listen, the New York Jets cornerback position, there's a lot of people saying that we should take one in the first round. Give me your thoughts on it. Who is your top corner in the draft right now? What's good, Joe? What's going on, man? You know who it is. You gotta have that sauce, man. You gotta have that sauce. <laughs> you so you're gotta like the have that. Guard. I'm yes. liking him as well. I, th- I think he's head and shoulders. Ain't you know? Never gave up a touchdown and less than fifty percent or uh, less than fifty percent completion rate against. But where are you taking him? Are you taking him in at four? Do you think the New York Jets need to take a corner that high? And if you do take him, where is he going, man? Is he starting? Is he your number one? What's going on? I mean, we got a new D-back. I like him, D.J. Reed. I like yeah. D.J. Reed on that side. As, as I mean, I don't like his height, but he plays He plays bigger than – he plays a lot bigger than his size. I'm, I'm not too sold on the other side of the cornerback position, man. I'm going to be honest. I'm not you don't too like sold over there. Uh, listen, man, he's all right. I wouldn't say. I mean, I mean, are you? Do you think he's special? I don't. I don't. I, think I don't he's think. Good. He's, I think. Listen, D. I'm telling you. I, I, we watched this guy last year coming into the season. People said, "Listen, this secondary is going to get lit up." Bryce Hall, in particular, he's he's going to get lit up too, bro. He played well against a lot of top receivers in this league. He was sticking to number one. And he wasn't getting cooked like that. Again, you go back and you watch that Bengals game. Let me tell you something. That young wide receiver at the Bengals was supposed to light us up. He didn't go off like people said he was going to go off. And we won that game. And a lot of that not going off offensively was because Bryce Hall was over there locking that down. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, G. Wait, Talk to you me. You know what? He might have he played good in that game, but some games that I've seen, Joe, Get that piece of toast ready and toast that thing up. <laughs> toast it up. Pass the butter. Pass the butter. I'm telling you. I'm telling. Oh, it's almost. Man. It seemed like he. It seemed like he got picked on that on games. If you go go back and watch the games, you're gonna be like, you know what? D might be right because he. I'm telling okay. you, that man got picked on. Yeah, he got. I don't know, on. man. I, I hear you, D. I'm looking at it like you take Sauce Garner. I'm just wondering where he's going. I feel like Bryce Hall's good. You got Echoes on the other side, and even if Echoes is the number two, you got DJ Reed is our, you know, out there. We just paid him money. Carter in the slot. It's just tough for me to figure out where, you know, Sauce would go. But as we continue to talk about the, the draft as well, bro, you look at this. Drake London to the Jets. Drake London to the Jets. It's constantly being talked about. Give me your thoughts about Drake London as a prospect. Would you be okay with the New York Jets taking him at 10? What did he run at his pro day? 
D, you know he didn't run. Oh, he didn't run yet? I thought he did. No, he's not running. No, nah, dog, he ain't oh, running. Well, Drake, Drake, well, listen, then again, listen. Drake ain't going to run. <laughs> he ain't going to run. We, we watched the tape, okay? I'm not here to just defend him because he's an FC guy. I'm just saying, look at the tape. 40 times don't always tell the full story, all right? Larry Fitzgerald didn't run the greatest 40 times. Larry Fitzgerald slow? No. There's a lot of other guys that, you know, don't run great 40 hey, times as well. I'm not saying that Drake London's Larry Fitzgerald. I'm just saying in the past, there have been guys that didn't run the greatest 40 times, but when you watch their tape, they run a lot faster than they 40. Let me tell you something. Drake London come over here. He can do a lot of – he can do some wonders for Zach Wilson. You ain't got to be super accurate. Just get the ball around that boy, and he's going to make that play. That's all I'm saying. But go ahead, D. I mean, Jer- Jerry Rice ran a 4-6 also. Mm. Jerry Rice ran a 4-6. I, I don't really go on the 40 time. I just – the film, the uh, the separation for me is just – he doesn't separate. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the what's the use of having a big body if you can't separate from a D-back? I mean, you can throw it up, but what happens when you get a big D-back you know that can actually challenge the the a high point ball or something like that. Like I mean, I don't know. Personally, I think Williams. I know he can't play at the beginning of the, uh, the season, but I, I like Williams mm-hmm. from Alabama. I'm not gonna lie. Especially James, if we're gonna here, draft. Here's my question. Here's my question. I'm gonna give you the last word on this, D, because I got to get back to these lines. But my question is this: I hear everyone talking about Jamison Williams, and he has really shot up the board because this was a guy again. That was phenomenal, but then with that ACL injury, right, again, in that championship game, that ACL injury, how is, how is no one questioning that? Because, again, he's a speed guy. He's a guy that takes off. Yeah. He's a guy that's explosive. He's a guy – a lot of people kind of comp him to, like, Will Fuller. I don't know if it's there, like, as far as, like, Will Fuller, because I think he's extremely talented. Will Fuller is extremely talented as well. But we're just talking about the speed comp. Dude, if you got an ACL injury, aren't you concerned about that speed taking a hit? I mean, is no one concerned about that type of injury coming into the league and how it could cut into his production here as a wide receiver? Go ahead, D. I'll give you the last word. I'm going to say, look, look he got nine months. You got nine months of no contact, and 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 all this training these 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 athletes come back from these injuries, man. I, I've never seen stuff. I mean, people hurt their knee and tear their knees up all the time. They're coming back in record times, man. I'm not even worried about it. I, I mean, Drake London, you. I mean, you got an uh, ankle injury. He still ain't back. He still ain't running forties. We ain't seen nothing about him. You know, so I'm, you know, I wouldn't be that worried. I, I really like the potential of having some. We haven't had a speed receiver like that could take the top off. I can't remember Santonio Holmes. I mean, not Santonio Holmes, Santana Moss and Laverne uh, yeah. Coles, guys like that that could take the, the top off. We need one of those. And he's 6'2", almost 6'3". Mm. I hear you. I hear you. All right, D. Yeah. Well, listen, man, thank you for calling in. I understand. Jamison Williams, good player, man. We'll see what New York Jets keep going. I got to get back to these lines. They're hot. I want to thank you for calling in. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you. All right, my friend? All right, Joe. Take it easy, man. All right. You have a good one, D. <laughs> D from the Bronx calling in. There's a lot of people that want to talk about uh Drake London, yes, he had that ankle injury. It's, I think he got it in October, or he healed up in October. Now it's all, you know, it's all good. Everything's good. Everybody talking about separation. He had a thousand yards. You know what I'm saying? 
had 1,000 yards, had like 170 against Notre Dame, went off against multiple people, you know, had 170, I think, against Washington as well. I'm just saying. I'm an SC guy. I watch him. Big body guy, big threat in the red zone. You watch that. He's running away from corners. Okay, you watch SC in these games. I'm sorry. You don't get 170 just jumping up in the air. You get 170 running away from people. All right? We're also going to be talking about Denzel Mims tonight as well. Came out with a workout video. There's a lot of Jets fans that are talking about him having a bounce back season. Went from wanting to get rid of him to him coming back. We're going to discuss that too. So we're going to keep getting to these lines again. Five one five six zero two nine six three nine. Five one five six zero two nine six three nine is the number. Call in. Next, I'm going to my guy Chris. Chris, I'm coming directly to you. Salutes to you, Chris. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Chris, we've had some discussions, man, so far and going on. We're talking corners. I hear we're it. The media, dude, we're, we're, we're getting after it. Listen, give me your thoughts about the New York Jets wide receiver position and all these rumors swirling about Debo Samuels. Is he a guy that you want to see the New York Jets trade for? Depends on what you're giving up. Um, you know, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a uh, veteran receiver um, with a lot of experience. It depends on what you're giving up. You know, to get him, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, do I think he's Stephon Diggs or do I think he's um, Tyreek Hill? No, but he's, he's, he's really good, though. So it depends mm-hmm. on what we're giving up, um, you know, to get him. You know, the ultimate prize would be DK Metcalf. You know, everybody, you know, knows about that one, but um, mm-hmm. you know, it depends on what you're giving up for him, you know. Um, okay, you know, so I, let, I, let, I, me, I, let me lay I, down the scenario. Let me lay down a scenario, Chris. Say the Niners come to you. They say, hey, give us that 10 pick. Give us that, give us that 10 pick in the draft and give us a second rounder. Are you doing it? Wow. Are you doing I, I it? Give you, I give you, I give you a, a next year second or I give you the CS third because that second, that second pick, those two picks are okay. very well, important. I feel. I feel. So let's. Second, I, okay. So let's let's do this. I'll, okay. Niners will take that. They'll take your next year second. Now you got to do your contract negotiations with them, right? Because we know that rookie right. year deal is coming to an end. Are you willing to pay him the twenty five million per reportedly that he wants? Are you willing to do that? Wow. That's what. Now, according to reports, I mean, like a, and there's a lot of wide receivers I mean, where this discussion is being had. It's yeah. twenty five or don't talk to me. Okay. The, 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 here's, the, here's the thing. That's the going rate for another a, a one receiver. Ultimate. You're gonna hear the. Um, you, you, you're gonna hear. You're gonna hear the. You know the guy out of. Uh, I forget the guy out of Arizona. That uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You're gonna hear him unhappy with his contract soon because that's the going rate for a top receiver. So just like a, a quarterback. So if the top quarterback costs a lot of money, so if you're gonna get one of those receivers, you're gonna have to pay the money. You know. Mm-hmm. And and so are you willing uh, you to know that? that's for a number one receiver. That's the, yeah. For that's what you get. You're gonna have to pay. Yeah, you're gonna have All to right. pay. It. Listen, listen. Here we go. Chris talking that talk. He said, "Listen, I pay like I weigh. Okay, I see what's going on around this right. league. If he asks for twenty five, I'm gonna give it to him. Okay, I respect that, Chris. That's, that's I respect that. So, that's what you get." All right. You know, Jacksonville, Jacksonville did it. They paid Christian Kirk. That cat. Yeah, they did. Come on in. <laughs> they they were stupid up, this offseason. Man. man, they just screwed everything up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is what it is. So, for more money really soon. Tell you right now. <laughs> 
Yeah, so when you look at this situation as well, the New York Jets cornerback situation, I'm at yeah. this point a big advocate of the New York Jets not taking a corner in the first. That's what I'm. That's where I'm right. at right now. Give me your thoughts. Do you think the New York Jets need to address corner immediately in the first round? Do they need to address corner? Right? No, but you know, it's 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 different. I think Thibodeau's going to be gone. I think uh, Detroit's going to take him. You know, I I I don't buy the Trevon Walker stuff. I think he. I think Thibodeau's going to be gone. I think Ikey is going in the third guy. And then you're going to be faced with the the uh, the fact of Javon Walker, um, Sauce Gardner, or everybody's favorite uh, uh, pick, Kyle Hamilton. You're going to be faced. <laughs> you're going to be faced with that fact, man. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, if you want to see if you want to see your lines blow up, get Kyle Hamilton. Make that pick, and everybody's going to lose their mind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. I think Sauce is like Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I, I see a lot of Jalen Ramsey in his game, um, mm-hmm. you know. But it, you know, Thibodeau, I, I like his 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 uh, his his, uh, his his movement. I like his pass rusher and attempts on it. But um, uh, it's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, I like Bryce Hall. I was a big Bryce Hall fan at Virginia. I, you know, I've seen number one corner on his thing. But here's the, here's the thing about Bryce Hall. How much do you like him? Because here's why I say that. Isn't Bryce Hall's contract coming up next year? And how much are you going to have to pay Bryce Hall? And that's that's the question that you're going to have to ask, is that he was a fifth-round pick, and his contract's coming up. So, you know, he's going to be making that cheap money forever. He's going to ask for some big dollars coming up soon, next year. And, you know, with Quentin Williams coming up, and, you know, you possibly have to be restructured you know, some, some contracts, are you willing to pay Bryce Hall that number one corner money that you think he is? That's a yeah, question. Yeah, listen, who, listen, yeah. If, if, if he plays, right, like everybody is expecting him to play and play as well, then, yeah, you pay to keep your guys. That's how it works in the right. NFL. And it's not like the New York right, Jets can't do that, right? Joe Douglas has been very right. smart, very wise with the cap. There's a lot of money that's, yeah. you know, going to con- continue to come about. You also got to think the cap is also going to go up as well. He structured right. a lot of different things a lot of different ways so it doesn't hurt us. Yeah. They kept in mind that, yeah, some of these guys are going to come about, they're going to be asking for deals. But guess what? If Bryce Hall plays well, like he played last season, right, yeah. and it's time to pay this guy, you pay him. That's what you do with your guys. Because guess what? If you pay guys like we did Braxton Berry, right. right, we paid the guy, right. came in, performed well, did his thing, you pay guys like that, and guess what that does? That shows the fan base that, hey, Players that we draft, we keep. If they perform well and they keep their noses clean off the field, guess what? They're going to be here. It shows the locker room. Guess what? You come here, you play hard as the mm-hmm. New York Jets, you play to the wall, you do what the coaches tell you to do, we'll ensure you're a Jet for the rest of your – or for the, for the foreseeable future. It also shows the league, too. Guess what? The Jets are a place where we keep our talent. You come here, you play to the wall for us, and you're going to be rewarded. It works great all around. Right. So, yeah, if he performs well – then guess what? You keep him, Chris. I'll go ahead and give you the last word on I agree. That. I'm a big Bryce Hall fan, so, you know, I'm going to say we keep our team the, the way we is. I was a fan of his in Virginia. I'm a big fan of Bryce Hall. I say he can handle I say he can handle but Sauce Gardner is, 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 is going to be the next game of Ramsey. And uh, okay. I, I really, truly believe that. 
So Okay. Listen, but, Chris, uh, I want to yeah. thank you for calling in tonight, man. It was phenomenal to speak to you. You have yourself a good night. Next yep. time I have a show, I want to hear you. All right, my friend? All right, man. Thank you. All right. Listen, Chris. Chris calling in with some takes. We'll keep getting to the lines in a second, but let me tell you something, folks. We have a treat, kids. We have a treat, okay? Coming on now, we have a man that is extremely tied in with the NFL. All right, we have an NFL draft analyst from Pro Football Network and a lifelong fan of Led Zeppelin, the mightiest rock band of all time, Tony Pauline. Tony, I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Welcome to the Long Beach Joe Show. How are you doing, my friend? I'm okay. You know, you got to add one last thing in there, uh, which a lot of people may or may not know about me. I, I also have not missed a Jets home game in 41 seasons. I have had season tickets uh, since 1984. The last time I missed attending a Jets home game, having my rear end in a regular postseason game was when Richard Todd hit your own Barkham in the middle of the end zone. The Jets beat the Miami Dolphins. November of 1981 in Chase Stadium uh, to take over first place. I said I will never miss a Jets home game. It's been, you know, some good, a lot of bad, uh, no. except for the 2020 season when uh, they did not allow fans in, at the home games. Uh, I've been there yeah. once, so I've seen it all. Oh, listen, Tony, you, you're green through and through. You bleed green just like us, let me tell you. Like you said, you've been through it all. There have been some seasons that have been tough to watch, but you, you've been there. So when you look at the situation now, though, Tony, and you look at where we're at, we got Robert Sulla here as our head coach. We have Joe Douglas here as our general manager. Give me your thoughts about the change that we've made and what they've brought to the front office. Well, I mean, you, you can't, if you're a Jets fan and you're realistic and you're looking at it, you know, in its total, totality, you can't be too happy with Joe Douglas, and there's got to be a lot of questions about Joe Douglas. If I was to put a letter grade on it, I'd probably put a C, maybe a C minus. I mean, he's had two full classes of free agents that have been on the field, not including the guys that he just signed this March, and really what has he gotten out of it? George Fant? And I mean, every year when you go into free agency, you hear how you know the Jets have a zillion dollars. There's a zillion dollars under the cap. You know they've got all this money. He brought in Quincy Williams. That's fine, but I mean Fant was their primary, I would say, free agent signing to date. Sheldon Rankins was a solid player last year. Uh, you look at the drafts. He's had two full drafts. The 2020 draft is almost a complete wipeout. Let's see what happens with Mackay Becton moving forward. Except for Bryce Hall, you know, who's been a terrific player for them, uh, and the punter who's uh, had it, Brandon Mann, who's had his moments. You know, you look at last year's draft. Yeah, I mean, Michael Carter has, was a, has been a terrific player for them. I reported from the uh, 2021 uh, Senior Bowl that the Jets roll over Michael Carter. They got some good defensive backs and some good players in the third day of the draft. You know, maybe they have something in Elijah Moore. When he's healthy on the field, he's an explosive playmaker, but he's got to stay healthy. You know, maybe they have something in Elijah Vera Tucker. Again, he's got to stay healthy. He's got to show consistent improvement. You know, we don't know what what they have in the quarterback yet. 
So I, I think you've got to look at, or at least the way I look at it with Douglas is, is very skeptical at this point in, point in time because, you know, are the Jets that much of a better team now than when he took the, took the, the franchise over? It certainly doesn't show it in the, in the uh, win-or-loss column. As far as Sal is concerned, one year, got his feet underneath him. Let's see what happens. My concern with Sal is, is he's a defensive-minded coach. And really, while everyone last year talked about how disappointing and how erratic Zach Wilson was, the defense wasn't that good either. I mean, the defense was getting run over at times. You go back to that Tampa Bay game. I mean, they had that game in hand, and then they blew it at the end to Tom Brady. And people will say, well, they lost the blue another game to Tom Brady. As the longtime Jet fan who goes to all games, I've seen this scenario play out where the Jets, not just the Tom Brady, have blown games. And that was a defensive-minded coach who couldn't stop. So Salah's a likable guy, say, unlike Adam Gates. And he's a guy who's easy to root for. But I think, you know, again, it's all reflective in wins and losses. And until they get on the positive side and the wins and the negative side and the losses, you know, I I think the jury's still out on Salah. Yeah. And so one of the things that you talked about as well with Joe Douglas was the win and loss, Colin. And then you also talked about some of the the – the picks that he's made, you know, in the draft. And I think one of his biggest decisions that could have great impact on the winner loss column is the selection of Zach Wilson. We saw Zach Wilson kind of play up and down last season. Early there were some struggles, but later on we saw him kind of start to pick up and show flashes. What is your assessment of him after watching him last season? Uh, you know, I'm going to be skeptical, and I'm going to say I will believe it when I see it. And the reason is this. You know, a lot of the things with Zach Wilson were just poor fundamentals. It wasn't that he was just throwing bad passes, which he was, but it was poor fundamentals. I mean, when he's getting rushed by the opposing defenses, he's running backwards. It's the worst thing you can do as a quarterback, go down or throw the ball away. And he was putting the, the offense, rather than it, than it being third and 12, it was third and 18 or third and 19. You know, he can't, with a young quarterback like that, and I heard this from people inside the uh, Jet organization, it probably, and especially with a guy like Michael Carter, who was doing as well as he did when he was on the field, establish the run, Zach Wilson, work it down the field. The problem is, is Zach Wilson can't throw screen passes. I mean, Zach Wilson has been a terrible short-range uh, short, uh, passer. I mean, just doesn't seem to be able to connect on simple screen throws, which kind of, takes that out of the equation, the short passing game, and you've got to push it 20 yards down the field. A lot of that comes from coaching. You know, a lot of reasons quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, uh, don't pan out and fail is because they don't receive proper coaching. My concern with Zach Wilson is not just bad passes or not reading the defense. It's just poor fundamentals, which I just mentioned, which is something that's going to be – I'll be watching, you know, early, even in the preseason – is he getting rid of the ball when he's being pressured? Is he going down? Or is he still running the wrong direction? You know, has he improved his screen throws? Is he able to really set up screen throws? Those are two basic things at the quarterback position, which really I thought Zach Wilson did a poor, poor job of last year. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is going to help him is an improvement of the roster. Uh, you look at our offensive line, there were some needs there. And I think that Joe Douglas was able to address some things in free agency that definitely are going to help the offense take a movement forward. Give me, what are your thoughts about the highlights of Jets free agency and some of the moves that Joe Douglas made? 
Well, with the offensive line and the tight end position, I think he brought uh, good players in. Now, the thing with an offensive line is they have to play together. They have to be a cohesive unit. And the only, I should say the only way to become a cohesive unit is by experience, by playing together. Uh, so, you, you know, there seem, there seem to be some good pieces there. I guess the question is, Mekhi Becton comes back, are you moving George Fant to right tackle, or are you pull, moving Mekhi Becton to right tackle? Because I think if you put George Fant at right tackle, you're going to kind of screw him up. George Fant has developed into a real good left tackle. So that's going to be something to watch, and I think that will dictate, you know, how the offensive line does. George Fant, I think the Jets' offensive line is much better with George Fant at left tackle. And you see, if, assuming Beckton's on the uh, roster opening day, if he's going to be able to play right tackle. Tomlinson, I think, will be a settling factor. I mean, he's not the greatest player, but he's a veteran. He's a seasoned guy. You hope that Vera Tucker can take the next step up and really improve his game and stay healthy. And then, you know, you've got either Connor McGovern there who will hopefully – be able to hold down the uh, center spot, or maybe you get a center in the draft. Yeah, yeah. Now, as you talk about the draft, and we're turning toward that, it's coming quickly, there's been a lot of discussion about various players that the New York Jets could take. Now, there's a lot of talk surrounding Kayvon Thibodeau at this point. What are your thoughts about him possibly being the Jets' draft selection at four? You know, I think he's a good fit for the system. I mean, because Salah likes those athletic, slightly undersized defensive linemen that can play standing over tackle, that can come out of a three-point stance. That's the type of player that Thibodeau is. I mean, if you go back and watch the 2020 film, Thibodeau was a nuisance. Down in and down out, he was a guy that caused a lot of pressure, that made a lot of impact type of plays. Now, the question with Thibodeau is, there are some concerns that, you know, Thibodeau acts like he's already there or he's already made it rather than working to make it, which is not a good thing. I reported this at Pro Football Network uh, during the combine before the defensive lineman worked out. I think if you draft Kayvon Thibodeau and you get him to hit on all cylinders, Kayvon Thibodeau is really focused on football. You probably have the, uh, the top player in this year's draft, or at least the top player on my board. But mm. there's a lot of question marks uh, as far as, you know, are you, you know, are you going to be able to get him to hit on every, all cylinders every single down every time he's on the field? As far as a, a fit is concerned, I think it's a terrific fit for Salah's defense. Yeah. There's also been a lot of talk about the New York Jets taking Jermaine Johnson at four over Kayvon Thibodeau recently from a lot of analysts. What are your thoughts about Jermaine Johnson as a prospect as well, and could you see the New York Jets actually making that move in the draft? Possibly. I mean, I, I don't know how much input I had in that, but I had reported last week that I, I was told that the Jets were all over Jermaine Johnson, uh, at, at keeping in constant contact with him, almost sort of like stalking him. And that came from, from a, a very good source uh, with, uh, that's, uh, that's with Johnson now. It just seemed to me that the Jets were putting a lot of time, a lot of research. You know, when you spend that much time with a prospect like that, it means that you're very interested. I think the Jets could take Johnson if the pass rushers quickly come off the board, if Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson go one or two. You know, if Kayvon Thibodeau happens to go three, I think if 
the pass rushers go one, two, and potentially three, and Jermaine Johnson's there at four for the Jets, I absolutely think that's the direction they'll look. Wow. There's also a lot of discussion about the Jets' cornerback position. A lot of people looking for the Jets to take a corner in this upcoming draft. What is your assessment of the cornerback position at the top? And is Sauce Garner your number one corner? Yeah, he's far and away my number one cornerback. I, you know, I, I think that you would get a lot of Jet fans who would be very upset if they selected Ahmad Gardner with the fourth pick of the draft. And I think that's crazy because I think he's worth the fourth pick of the draft. I think he would be an excellent selection with the fourth pick, despite the players that, you know, despite what the Jets did in free agency. He's a big guy. He's a physical guy. He's a developing cornerback. He was much better in 2021 than he was in 2020, and he was good in 2020. He wasn't a bad cornerback. He's a guy on the upside. He's a guy who's got a tremendous amount of upside. I think it would be a great pick for the Jets at four. If he happens to be there at 10, which I don't think he's going to be, but if he happens to be there at 10, I think you just have to take him. I, I, think, I think it's a great fit. I think he's a terrific player. You know, the Jets still need cornerbacks. This is, you know, this is the division now. You've got Josh Allen. You've got Tyreek Hill in the division. You know, you're going to have to find a way to stop. You've got developing Mac Jones. You've got Devontae Parker going from Miami to New England. So it's not just two cornerbacks. You're going to need three cornerbacks. So you need a real good nickelback. I think Gardner would be a terrific uh, player pick for the Jets. I do like Derek Stingley. I don't like him as a top ten pick only because his best football is behind him. I just said Derek Gardner mm. played better in 2021 than he did in 2020. You watch Derek Stingley as a true freshman in 2019, the tape is knockout. I, I mean, if Derek Stingley was eligible for the draft in 2000, after the 2019 season when he was a true freshman and he was able to enter the draft, he's a top three pick. He showed all the makings of being an all-pro type cornerback. Did not play that well in 2020 was not playing all that well to start 2021, then had the Liz Frank injury in his foot, which is a major injury, which is a concern. You know, which Derek Stingley is the team getting, is the team that selects him getting? Are they getting the guy that was an absolute dominant lockdown cornerback in 2019? Or are they getting the guy whose game has seemingly regressed the past two years? A lot of, uh, a lot of risk with Derek Stingley. And, again, we're speaking with Tony Pauline, NFL draft analyst from Pro Football Network giving us a lot of great takes here. Tony, when you look at this wide receiver class, there's a lot of guys that are special. We had Drake London today with his pro day. He blew a lot of the socks off of people. Give me your thoughts about him as a prospect, and where do you think the best wide receiver fit lies at the top of this draft class for the New York Jets? Yeah, well, I mean, Drake London didn't run the 40 today, which, you know, I guess in my opinion – in my opinion, if Jake London knew he was going to run a good time in the 40, he would have run today. He didn't run today. He had that ankle injury, which he suffered against, uh, I believe it was Notre Dame. Uh, I believe it was Notre Dame back in October. Uh, chose not to run today. I do know, or I was told by a source out at USC, the Jets had their wide receivers coach out there today. Now, the fact is this. I, I, re- I like Drake London. I don't love him. I think Drake London, 10 or 15 years ago, is a knockout top 10 pick. But you look at the NFL today, and you look at larger uh, big-body college receivers who went out for the contested throw, they usually don't go early in the draft, and sometimes they don't pan out. The Hakeem Butlers, the Alan Lazards, 
you know, those guys who consistently went out for the 50-50 balls. I think Drake London's much better than those guys, but I think, and he's much, a much more natural pass catcher, but I think in the Jets system where it relies on receivers running very good routes to get separation from defenders and not just physically beating down opponents to come away with the ball, I don't know that Drake London is a good fit. I think a guy like Garrett Wilson is a better fit. I think there are some guys in day two, Khalil Shakir of Boise State, who is a terrific route runner. I think he would be a better fit in that Jets system, and he is a legitimate uh, next-level receiver. I think uh, if he happens to be there at the top of round two, Jahan Dotson of Penn State is a, is a better fit, although he's a smaller guy like Elijah Moore. Uh, you, you know, Calvin Austin of Memphis, Kevin Austin of uh, Notre Dame on day two, I think those guys would be good fits. You're going to be able to get a good receiver in the second day of the draft, and the league is full of productive top-flight receivers that were selected in round two, round two and three. So, you know, if the Jets don't come away with a receiver with that 10th pick, they will be able to get a good one, some of the guys I named, you know, in round two, in round three. Yeah. Now, there's also a lot of wide receivers that have, we've seen a lot of talk surrounding them possibly falling in the draft, like Traylon Burks. And there's also been a lot of guys that have really risen where a lot of Jets fans are excited about them, like Jamison Williams. What is your assessment of those two players? And can you kind of give us an inside look into why Burks is being talked about as a guy that's falling in this draft? Simply because of what I said. I mean, he's a bigger guy who's not very fast. He ran what he ran at the combine, a 4.55. He doesn't run good routes. You know, people will look at a couple of highlights of Traylon Burks, and they'll be awed by him. But when you really watch the film, Traylon Burks is a real good pass catcher. He's got natural hands. He snatches the ball out of the air. He's also a high-character guy. Everyone you talk to who knows Traylon Burks speaks very highly of him. But he's a guy who's got a very undeveloped route tree. He's someone who really does not separate through his routes. He doesn't separate down the field with speed. He made a lot of plays on the college level that people were awed by down the field against lesser cornerbacks. He also plays in that Art Ryle system or that system in Arkansas, which is molded after the Art Ryle system uh, that was used at Baylor. And you look at some of the, the Kendall Wrights and a lot of those other Baylor receivers that came out of Baylor that were high picks that never panned out in the NFL. Uh, so I think that is what's going on with Traylon Burks. I had reported two weeks ago that he was falling. He could fall out of the first round. I think, first of all, the problem is – Traylon Burks is probably ridiculously overrated in the internet draft world from the get-go. He shouldn't. He was never graded. He was never a top ten pick. He was never should never have been rated that highly. So when people hear in the late first round, he could fall out of the first round. They go, "Wow, what happened?" Well, what happened was you were you were overrating him from the beginning. You know, he could be a good receiver. He could develop into a nice receiver. He does have limitations. Again, NFL these days. It's not just about getting vertical and winning out for the contested throws. Yes, you're going to have to do that on occasion. It's more about running sharp, crisp routes, separating through your routes, separating with your speed. Burks can't, it doesn't struggle to do that. Jamison Williams can do that. And if Jamison Williams had not hurt his knee in the national championship game, he's a top ten pick. He's probably the eighth pick of the draft to the Atlanta Falcons. But he tears that uh, knee joint, he tears the knee ligament, the ACL, in the national championship game, 
in the middle of January. So now you've got a receiver that, that's got a significant injury that needed surgery to repair the injury. That the injury is late, and when is he going to be ready? I mean, you've you got to wonder, if you're Joe Douglas and you take uh, J- Jameson Williams, you know, it's time on your side because Jameson Williams isn't gonna probably isn't going to be 100% until – December, maybe November, and the worst thing you can do for Jameson Williams if you draft him is to rush him back. So I think, uh, you know, the worst thing a team can do is the New York Jets draft Jameson Williams, and they push him on the field before he's, you know, 100, if not 110% coming off that injury. I think a team like the New Orleans Saints, a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, who've got multiple first-round picks, in this case of the Chiefs, they may not need him to play right away, I could see that more uh, a better fit than say James than say Jamison Williams in the New York Jets. Yeah, there's also been a lot of chatter about a guy like Tyler Lindenbaum amongst this fan base. What are your thoughts about him and what he could end up doing in the NFL? Well, I think Tyler Lindenbaum is a lot like Traylon Burks in the sense that he was overrated from the get-go. I mean, I know Jet fans were talking about Tyler Lindenbaum being a potential top-ten pick, he was never that type of prospect. I had said all along to make a comparison that Nick Mangold, when he was drafted, was much further along as far as being an NFL prospect than Tyler Linderbaum is right now. And Nick Mangold was, what, the 26th pick of round one. I think with Linderbaum, Linderbaum is solely a zone-blocking lineman. He's someone who needs a running start into his blocks. He's very athletic. He moves very well on his feet. He gets out to the second level. He, uh, he's able to uh, redirect and get good fits on linebackers to take linebackers out of the play. You could use him pulling across the line of scrimmage. The problem with Linderbaum is he's not very strong. And as I tell people, go back and watch the Big Ten title game and watch a guy by the name of Chris Hinton, who's probably going to be a fourth-round pick out of Michigan, just mauled uh, Tyler Linderbaum in the middle of the line. Then you factor in he's got arms that are 31 and an eighth inches long. So you've got a guy who's not really strong with short arms. How is he going to handle the Jordan Davises of the world, those type of big, big defensive tackles, when they get into him? He struggled doing that on the college level. Yeah, he's real good in motion. Yeah, you know, when you give him a running start, he's very good. But that's not, you know, that's not what happens in pass protection. That's not what happens in third and two when you want to hand the ball off. So I think uh, Linderbaum is a good, he's solely his own blocking guard. As I mentioned last week, every team I've talked to, or no team I've talked to, had a first-round grade on him. He could go late first round. I think he's probably going to go more early second round. And, again, we're speaking with Tony Pauline of the NFL uh, he's an NFL draft analyst from Pro Football Network, giving us great takes here, a lot of fire coming. Now, listen, Tony, this is my final question for you. You're a guy that is in the know. You know what's going on around the NFL. You have a lot of sources. There's a lot of rumors swirling about D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuels going to the Jets. Is there any real possibility that you could see Joe Douglas trading that 10th pick for any one of those wide receivers? What are your thoughts about that situation? I mean, do I think Joe Douglas would trade the 10th pick? Yes, because Joe Douglas needs to make an immediate impact. He's got to, or he's got to get a player that's going to need an immediate impact. You know, I, you know, you asked me what I thought about Joe Douglas at the start of the show. I told you, I don't think Joe Douglas 
can withstand another 6-11 and 11 or 5-12 and 12 type season, especially if the players that he selected or signed as free agents don't pan out, especially if Zach Wilson doesn't show a lot of progress. Now, how do you uh, help Zach Wilson with that progress? Well, you bring in a DJ Sam, uh, Debo Samuel or you bring in a DK Metcalf. I don't think that Metcalf, I, I know Jet fans go all crazy. I just, I don't think he's a good fit for the Jet system because, again, they want guys that can run good routes, that can separate through his routes, and DK Metcalf has not developed that yet. Yeah, he's a hell of a vertical receiver, gets downfield, he's got, this, he's got incredible size speed numbers, and he has developed his game. I don't think he's a good fit. I do think Debo Samuel would be uh, a terrific fit. I just don't know that the Niners at this point in time would give up Debo Samuel just for that 10th pick of the draft. I mean, the, the, the Niners were a team that were, you know, one series away from making the Super Bowl last year, and they're going to give away their best offensive player for the 10th pick of the draft, and you don't know what you're going to get. I, I don't know that the Niners – I think the Niners would want back more than just the 10th pick of the draft. I do think Joe Douglas probably would like to bring in a big-time receiver – to help uh, Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson because he's got to win games and he's got to, and Zach Wilson's got to uh, see progress for Joe Douglas to survive makes sense from Joe Douglas's point of view. Don't know that uh, Debo Samuel is going to want to come to New York with play with the Jets, especially with being on a team that was, you know, just uh, like I said, a drive away from potentially going to the Senior Bowl. And DK Metcalf, I know player people love him, but DK Metcalf is Traylon Burks type much better in the sense that he's a bigger guy who really has to uh, – is not a very good route runner. Now, Tony, this has been phenomenal to speak with you. I mean, you spit a lot of fire here. Can you please give my audience just everything that they can to get in contact with you, all your social media handles and everything that you <laughs> folks are doing over there at the Pro Football Network? You're phenomenal. I appreciate that. I'm sure there are some uh, some of your fan, your listeners are probably exiting out my face because I, I didn't say things that uh, they wanted to hear or they agreed with, but that happens all the time. I, I mean, you know, uh, you can find me at Twitter at, at Tony Pauline, uh, Pro Football Network. Listen, we'll have a ton of information in the next couple of weeks. We will have over 900 scouting reports on individual players. So while everyone talks about the first round and the second round, you're going to be able to find the scouting reports and information on the guys that the Jets draft in the sixth round, the seventh round, the guys that they sign as uh, priority as free agents, undrafted free agents. Those guys are oftentimes uh, valuable, and we'll have all the latest breaking news and the rumors and things that are out there. Absolutely, and Tony, give us your favorite Led Zeppelin song. I mean, you're a huge fan of them. What is your favorite song by Led Zeppelin? Uh, it's probably a song that not that not too many people are familiar with. It's a song on Zeppelin three. Going, it's at the end of round, uh, side one of Zeppelin three, going back to the days when they actually made albums and pressed vinyl. It's called Out on the Tiles. It's an outstanding song. Sure, you can find it on YouTube or one of your favorite uh, whatever you listen, however you download your songs. Out on the Tiles from Led Zeppelin three. Awesome. Listen, Tony, I want to thank you for coming on. You have yourself a good night, my friend. Thanks for having me. Everybody have a nice weekend, a nice holiday this weekend. All right. Thank you. You have a good one. Listen, Tony Pauline. You had a lot of talk, a lot of takes, a lot of takes.
Really enjoyed talking with Tony Pauline again. Tony Pauline, NFL draft analyst from the Pro Football Network. They do a lot of great work over there. He's also on Twitter, at Tony Pauline. You can talk to him and go back and forth with him. Phenomenal guy. Has a lot of insider information about the NFL, and he's a scout scout. You know what I'm saying? He knows his stuff. So we're going to continue to get to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 number. Call in. We're taking all callers. Next, I'm going to 914. 914, I'm coming directly to you. Jacob Maxwell will come to you next. 914, give me your name and uh, give me your thoughts about the New York Jets cornerback situation. How are you feeling about it? Do you think the New York Jets need to address corner in the first round? Uh, well, first, hi. And no, I don't really see it as necessary. Okay, so you don't see it as necessary at all? You don't think the, the New York Jets need to uh, take a corner in the first? So what exactly are you looking to take? Are, do you think pass hey, well, you know, you look, well, Remember, like, they've, they've, they've been pretty blunt about taking it. I mean, they've mentioned, you know, you want to fix this, you want to help the secondary, you know, get pressure on the quarterback. You know, if you got pressure on the quarterback, it makes the secondary's job vastly easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but who's your top edge then? Well, Who's your top edge? Look, Are you a guy that wants probably Kayvon it's, Thibodeau? It's, or? It's, it's obviously a touch to it, but there's like no way we get him unless someone just derps the draft. But next is Thibodeau. I don't buy in the okay. whole nonsense, Thibodeau, all of this like last-second nonsense coming out that caused this stock to drop. I just don't buy it. Okay, okay. So you're a guy that doesn't buy the whole talk about his brand and all that stuff. You think that he's going to be able to come in, kind of calm himself, or you know, be able to fit in with the with the rest of the guys in the league and absolutely put in the work. I respect that. I think that's one of the things I say. You know, and again, I tell people, hey, for your brand to work in the NFL, you got to play. You got to be good. If you're garbage, yeah, yeah, your jersey ain't going to sell. If you're, not if you're a mad player, no one's going to care mm-hmm. about your brand. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look at this situation, there's a lot of talk as well about Drake London possibly going to the New York Jets at 10. Give me your thoughts about him as a prospect. Would you like to see that happen? Uh, I think he's an interesting wide receiver. I think it could work, you know. I'm not, a, like, you know, any way to help Zach, I'm, I'm all for, you know. If they determine through their assessment that he's the best wide receiver for them at 10 and he's there, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. So my final question for you, my friend, is there's been a lot of disrespect from the national media towards the New York Jets. Give me your thoughts about how the New York Jets simply bashed by the media. How do you feel about that? Well, honestly, you know, to be a pun, I guess you could say I'm comfortably numb to it. Mm. Mm. But yeah, honestly, it's because, it, it's because the – it's because they know we get riled up about it. Because it, media is no longer about giving you accurate, honest news. It's all about clicks. It's all about generating attention because clicks equals advertisement revenue, which equals money. So, you know, they know that um, riling us up is going to generate clicks and it's going to increase their ad revenue and it's going to make them money. So they just do it to rile us up because, you know, they know we can't help ourselves from not responding to these um to these articles, you know, that they write. These articles, these yeah. the videos we go watch, you know, because every time, you know, every time we click on one of these videos, the ESPN videos on YouTube, 
we see that ad, they make the money from the revenue. You know, it's, it's all, you know, it's all about revenue. It's, it's all about the money. You know, honestly, yeah. I don't care. You know what? It, it's just nonsense to me. And I, and yeah. like, don't let it get to you because you know what? When you let it get to you, that's how they win. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you, man. Listen, I want to thank you for calling in, man. You. We're going to keep getting to these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is number. Call in. We're talking jets. We're talking about it all. Next, I'm going to my guy, Jacob. Jacob, I'm coming directly to you. Maxwell will come to you next. Salutes to you, Jacob. Couldn't wait to talk to you about this football team, about this Jets team. There's been a lot of discussion, Jacob, about Drake London today. Big pro day. He's out there. A lot of talk about the New York Jets taking him at 10. Give me your thoughts about that, man. Is he, one, is he the wide receiver that you'd like to see the New York Jets select at the number 10 slot? Hey, what's going on, Joe? Nice to talk to you again. It's been a while again. I've uh, been pretty busy, yeah, so happy been. to be back on here. Um, Absolutely. And this has been a great show great so far. I've been happy to hear some of the other takes that people have had about all these different guys in the draft. Um, yeah. So, yeah, for Drake London, I never thought I would say this before. If I would have been the first caller on the show today, I would have said mm-hmm. absolutely take him at 10 for it because, to me, he's my number one wide receiver in the draft class. I love what yeah. he brings to the table as, like, a red zone threat being the six five receiver that he is. You just don't see such dominant players come out of the draft like that. He led the and he led all of college football in contested catches this past season and he played half the year. Yeah. Um so it shows how good he is uh when you just toss it up one on one. But with some of the things that other people have said, especially with Tony Pauline being the um expert analyst that he seems to be, he definitely knows what he's talking about. I'll give him credit for that. Um he does make a point as to where there are guys coming out of round two and three in every single class, it seems like, where you're getting tremendous value for that. And especially with a team like us where we have other needs, I mm-hmm. can now see a point where it's like I'd still be happy if we took Drake London, but not as happy as I would have been as if the draft was two hours ago before I heard okay. what he had to say about it. Because mm-hmm. he's not a one-dimensional guy by any means. I don't believe that he's a guy where in the open field he's not – going to, you know, have the best of juke moves or be the best guy to break free like that. I don't buy into that because if you watch a highlight against UCLA, he literally broke like eight, nine tackles in one play. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, at, at the same time, I just think there. I would definitely agree with him when he says guys like Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson um, are definitely more explosive out in the open field. And I'll give him credit for that because I would agree. Um, I still yeah. would take Drake London over any of those receivers, but if we can, with him saying now that Traylon Burks might not even be a first-round pick, if we can wait on wide receiver and get Traylon Burks early day two, that seems like a tremendous win to me. Because if you think about just the past few years in um, you know the second round, Elijah Moore was obviously a second-round pick last year. Amon Ross St. Brown yep. was a fourth-round pick for the Lions this past year. DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown were second-round picks. So was Debo Samuel. Um, I believe Juju was a second-round pick. Tyreek Hill, fifth or sixth-round pick. Stephon Diggs, late-round pick. Antonio Brown's a sixth-round pick. You're going to get good value out of wide receivers in the first round, but there's no doubt that you can find tremendous value in second round, third round. And especially with us having two second-round picks, 
I'm a little bit persuaded now that we're not going to go wide receiver with pick 10 as much as I would have thought a couple of hours ago. Mm. So now when you're saying you don't want, you know, you're not necessarily pressing wide receiver at 10, which I understand, right? So now we're looking at the situation. There's a lot of people saying, hey, we need corners, man. We need corners. We need corners. There's a lot of Jets fans screaming that. Would you want to take a corner in the first round, or do you feel like the New York Jets could stay away from that and possibly select corners maybe in the second that could come in and help? See, that's also really tough for me because before this, again, I was of the mindset we've got DJ Reed now. Bryce Hall is a tremendous cornerback too, if that's where we're going to play him at, if DJ Reed's the number one. And Michael Carter is a great slot corner. But I, I really do like Ahmad Gardner a lot, and I think it's really going to depend on who the top three picks are because if Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau are gone in the first two picks or first three picks, uh, obviously Aiden Hutchinson's probably going to go number one. I don't think Trevon Walker's going number one or two. I just don't. I don't buy it at all. Um, so assuming Aiden Hutchinson's obviously going to be gone, if Kayvon Thibodeau is gone, because I do believe we would take him at four if he was there, um, I think that's when we might consider going Ahmad Gardner at four and going edge at 10. But if Kayvon Thibodeau is there, I think we go him at four, and then at 10 it comes down to, is Ahmad Gardner still there? And if yes, then he's probably the pick. If not, then it's really tough because I think, again, wide receiver I'd be happy with still. Um, but, I mean, offensive tackle, the top two guys are probably not going to be there. Um, there's not really any other corner consider- that I love. I'm sorry, go ahead. You would still – you, you, I'm sorry, but you would, because you said offensive tackle, you would consider taking a tackle still high? I, it's not as, it's not my number one choice, but if Evan Neal or Ikemikwani is still there at 10, that's phenomenal value at that point. Because I'm of the mindset still that at four, we do not need a tackle anymore. Makai Beckton's still very good when he's healthy, and George Fant was phenomenal this past year. But I think when you get to that point at number 10, it's, it's the value is just too good to pass up on, especially for a guy who can be a bookend tackle for the next 10 to 15 years. In my opinion, both Evan Neal and Akema Kwanu, I love his prospects. If one of them is there at 10, I think that's 100% the pick, given that Joe Douglas is a trenches guy and he loves to pick offensive linemen in the first round. He's done it both of the first two years so far, and he's even gone as far to move up for one uh, if the right guy is there. And I think for him, that right guy is probably going to be Akema Kwanu um, but if him or Evan Neal is there, which is highly unlikely, um, I do see them being the pick of 10 over a wide receiver. So it really just comes down to who the first two picks, first three picks of the draft are going to be. And if Kayvon Thibodeau is there, he's the pick at four. If not, I really don't know if it's going to be Jermaine Johnson at four, Sauce at four, because I can see Jermaine Johnson falling to 10 too, because I think that's where his value lies to me is um, – more of a pick between 10 and 15. I don't see him as a top five guy. Yeah. So let, let's, let's stick to four because that's, that's where I, we were talking about earlier. Okay. So if we're looking at – you were talking about Jermaine Johnson at four. There's been a lot of people talking about that. Tony, Pauline, Tony Pauline also talked about that as well, that he could see the New York Jets, you know, taking a Jermaine Johnson over even Kayvon Thibodeau if there was there at four. And there's been a lot of people kind of echoing that sentiment. But let's say that, you know – would, would you be open to Trayvon Walker at four? It seems like nobody – I mean, people are kind of talking about it, but not really talking about it. He's shot up the board. There's a lot of people talking about him going one in this draft. There are people yeah, I don't saying that, that the, the Jags should take Trayvon Walker at one. But what I mean, are you talking about what he could bring to the table as an edge rusher like for the New York Jets? 
Yeah, I, like I was saying, if there's any team that's going to just disastrously blow a first overall pick like that and take for one walker, it's going to be the Jaguars. So I wouldn't be surprised, <laughs> to be honest. It's, it's not the right pick, but, I mean, we know how the Jaguars are. They're, I know it's, like, it's kind of ironic for us to be talking about bad draft picks as Jets fans, but the Jaguars are just yeah. as bad, if not worse. So, you know, Travis Etienne in the first round is idiotic. Um, but anyway, I think Trevon Walker at four is not going to be the pick unless the first three picks are Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Jermaine Johnson. I think the Jets see those all as better edge players as Trevon Walker because the hype on him has really just been combine and seeing how fast he is at his size and how just irregular that is. And it's just extremely rare to see guys at his size run the 40-yard dash that he ran. Um, and that comes down to raw ability. Because at the end of the day, speed is not something you can really teach, too. You can't teach height and size, and you can't teach speed. People really just have that. Um, I think everything else can be taught except for those three things. Um, and so that really comes down to potential. But I think for us, we need more of a solid guy who we know is going to get the job done, and we're not banking on hoping that he's going to reach full potential and hoping he is the ceiling because without a doubt out of those four guys, he's got the lowest floor. I don't think it's even a question. Um, the ceiling is high, but the flow is just too low, too low, excuse me, for me um, to like him at four. Okay. Okay. So when, you, when we go to the offensive side of the ball for New York Jets, there's, there's a lot of discussion, a lot of discussion about mm-hmm. Debo Samuel swirling all over the place, man. Give me oh, yeah. your thoughts about him. Give me your thoughts about him, and would you like to see the New York Jets make a move? And let's say you're the Jets general manager. What is the most that you're willing to give up to the Niners in a trade for Debo Samuel? Well, I've been talking to you on the show for a really long time now, it seems like, and I've been – I would argue the number one advocate of every young quarterback has their number one wide receiver. Every successful young quarterback, that is, has a true number one wide receiver. I've said that. Time and time again, and I've made the examples of Justin Herbert, um, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, the list goes on and on, Kyler Murray, um, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously Keenan Allen and Herbert, Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen, Tyree Kill for Patrick Mahomes. Every successful young quarterback, uh, Jamar Chase for Joe Burrow, just another one. Every successful young quarterback has their guy who they know they can go to time and time again. Um, and it really makes the developing process a lot easier and takes a lot of the stress off of them. And you see guys like Baker Mayfield, who Odell was, yes, he was a number one, but is he was he really the best fit there? I don't think so. Um, Josh Rosen never had anybody, obviously. Sam Darnold never had that number one guy. Um, and you see how bad it hurts but the development. Baker, and so, no, Baker, Baker <laughs> the, uh, listen, I, I'm just, listen I, I, Rosen, yes. Sam, yes, Baker had everything in the world to be successful. And okay, sucks. that's fair. And, I mean, he Sorry, was, he he, don't get me wrong. He, he was sucks. not a he terrible Jarvis quarterback Landry. last year. Okay, Baker sucks. I would argue. He, he I, had Jarvis Landry. He had uh, Njoku. He's had an unbelievable running game. His defense was solid, too. He had pass rushers. Still couldn't get it done. I would agree. Okay, so Go ahead. with the Debo Samuel thing, to answer your question – Yes, I want him badly. I would trade pick 10 for him. I would even go as far to say it's people can debate this. If San Francisco said we had to have pick four, uh, if you guys want Debo Samuel, I would really, really consider it. 
because D.J. Wow. Samuel is one of the guys where okay. I know it's 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 really no, ahead, a lot. Ahead. I know, ahead, but but go for ahead, a guy man. like him, Come where on. you just get the ball in his hands and he can make, mm-hmm. um, you know, he can make plays with just no matter what situation he's in. If you give him the ball at quarterback, even you just run, you know, QB draw with him as quarterback. It's like you're gonna get down the field at least 20% of the time if you were to run that. Obviously, nobody's going to do that, but he's a guy where you just plays happen. And I think for a team like us where we run the same sort of system as the 49ers do, it just seems like too good of a fit to not want to bring him in. And at the end of the day, wow. it, like mm-hmm. the Tyree Kill situation, it may be up to him which team he goes to if they do put him on the trade block, which I still don't think they're going to do. But if they say we need pick four, I would really, really consider it. Because we've seen now what wow, he can I, do when we just get the ball in his hands. It's unbelievable yeah, I, I, what the guy I, I, can do. Jacob, I hear you. I hear you, and I understand the passion. I understand the hunger, okay? Because we we want to win. We want offensive weapons. But four is a little high for me, okay? I'm just going to say four is a little high for me, especially when you look at the I offer that, that we were we were, we were in we were in on Tyreek Hill for Tyreek a lot Hill. less than yeah. Yeah, for for lesson. And, again, I'm not, you know, sitting here because, again, if he would have gave up the 10th pick for Tyreek, I could have seen us making that move as good. I've talked about giving up the 10th pick for D.K. Metcalf, right? I've been talking about that. I think the 10th yeah. pick for yeah. Debo could be in play as well. But that fourth pick, that's kind of high, especially, again, when you look at the I contract demands because I want to go there with yeah. you as well because if, you, if you're even thinking about giving up that fourth pick, now you got to turn around and give up. 25 million because reportedly that's what he wants. Are you willing to give him 25 million per as well, Jacob? As long as 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 you cast that fourth round pick or cast that fourth pick in the first round to the Niners, are you willing to give him that cash? Yeah, I I really am, and it's because I'm Ooh. really tired of waiting around. Here we go. I know Elijah Moore oh. has insane potential, and I absolutely love Elijah Moore. And if he pans out to be a true number one, that gives us two true number one wide receivers. And that's amazing for Zach Wilson's development. But until we give mm. Zach Wilson a real, real proven number one wide receiver, we don't know what he can be in this league. We've given him now the offensive line that can hopefully, you know, um, keep its composure and not let him get sacked ten times a game like he's Seems like he had last year. Um, Lakin Tomlinson was a huge signing, obviously. Mekhi Beckton coming back. Huge for Zach Wilson's development. Already miles better than what we gave Sam Darnold, without a doubt. I don't think that's even an argument anymore. But the one thing that we have not given a young quarterback in the longest time is a proven, true number one wide receiver. Elijah Moore has potential to be a number one, but he is not proven as a number one. As much as I don't like to say that, sometimes you got to put bias to the side. Debo Samuel is a guy who has proven if you just get the ball in his hands, he is without a doubt a number one wide receiver. And so if Zach okay. Wilson can't make the plays happen to Debo Samuel, which is like one of the easiest guys it seems like to just allow plays to happen with, um, really easy to work with. You can hand him the ball. You can do whatever you want with him. And especially with how good of a scheme fit it is, I just think we will never know his Zach Wilson's true potential until we give it a chance. And I think – it's we can't keep sitting around and waiting for the right guy to be developed. We got to go after it and be aggressive. Yeah, listen, I, listen, Jacob, I hear you. You talking about going forward? That's that's an interesting take there. I don't know. I can't go there with you, but I hear what you're saying, it's, and I hear the hunger. Listen, it's Jacob, it's a debatable topic. Yeah. 
It, 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 yes, it, it's, it's quite a take there. Listen, I want to thank you for calling in, Jacob. I got to get back to these lines. I want to hear from you more often. I know you're busy doing your thing, man, but call in more often. I want to hear your takes. I love going back and forth with you about this jet team, my friend. You have yourself a good night, all right? All right, you too. All right. Listen, Jacob calling in. He gave it to He gave us his take. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is number. Call in. We're taking all callers. We're going to get some quick takes here going in. I'm going to go to Maxwell. I'm coming to you next, Angelo. Maxwell, I'm coming directly to you. Salute to you, Maxwell. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Maxwell, give me your thoughts about the New York Jets cornerback situation. What are your assessment of, of the cornerback situation now? And what are your thoughts about them taking a corner in the first round? Do you think they need to do that? I think they should take a corner in the first round. I think they also should also take Kyle Hamilton because even though he's falling in the draft, he can he can play like in the secondary, he can play all levels. And then in the secondary, we should take like Ahmad Gardner. I like take four. Okay, so you want to see Ahmad Gardner taking it forward? I respect that. There's a lot of people talking about that as well. Now, when you look at the rest of the draft too, there's a lot of talk about Drake London at ten. Give me your thoughts about him. Is he the wide receiver you want to see the New York Jets take at 10? I mean, I want him, I want Drake London to go at 10, but what someone said, um, but I also want the Jets to, uh, to sign Debo Samuel because I think he's more proven than uh, Drake London. But I don't mind if he goes So you're a guy 10, that wants Debo on my Jets. Okay, so you want to trade the 10th pick for Debo Samuels? Yeah, I want to get Debo Samuel because he's proven as a good wide receiver okay. instead of, like, anything on Drake London. They go, he's a good wide receiver. Let's, like, have one good year. Mm-hmm. So are you open to paying uh, Debo Samuel $25 million per season, uh, you know, reportedly is what he wants? Reportedly. Would you be all right with that? I'm all right with it because he's in his prime. He's only 26 years old, and he's, like, one of the top wide receivers in the, in the NFL. Okay, okay. Listen, I hear your, your takes there, Maxwell. And my final question before I let you go is what are your thoughts about the disrespect that the national media continues to show the New York Jets? Screw those national media people. I support the Jets. Mm. The media, they just, like, do it just to get likes on social media. It's always, they just want to disrespect the, the Jets because, oh, we haven't been a good team in, like, 10 years. Yeah, like when the mm. Chiefs spend big money on Mahomes, it's going to F them up in a couple of years. The Jets are going to be good Ooh. with, like, their contracts, and I think that the Jets can make a playoffs in, like, in a year or two. Oh, salutes to you, Maxwell. I want to thank you for calling in, Maxwell. You have a good night, man. Whoa. He said, screw those guys. I'm all Jets over here. We'll get back to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639. Please give the stream a like, share the stream as well with your friends and family, and subscribe if you have not subscribed already. Next and final call, we're going to my guy, Angelo. Angelo, salute to you. This is a quick hitter. Give me your take. Listen, Angelo, we've had a lot of talk tonight, man, a lot of talk about the New York Jets cornerback situation. When you look at it currently as it stands, do you think the New York Jets need to take a first – need to take a corner in the first round? Angelo, are you there? Angelo, pick up. Angelo, Angelo, Angelo. All right, I think we lost Angelo. Salute to him. That was a hot show, man. That was a hot show. Let me tell you. All right? Let me tell you. That was a hot one. Woo! 
a lot of discussions, a lot of talk, salutes to everybody that called in, a lot of fire being spit, a lot of things going on, man, a lot of talk about the New York Jets cornerback situation, a lot of talk about everything that we have going on here, wide receiver position as well going off. Man, there's a lot of talk. So, oh, final call. Actually, we're going to my guy, Tommy. Tommy, we're coming to you quickly. We're going to give you a quick hit, Tommy. Salutes to you, Tommy. I want to thank you for calling in. There was a lot of talk about the New York Jets cornerback situation. Give me your value in a Jets cornerback situation, and do you think the New York Jets should take a corner in the top of the draft in the first round? Hey, Joe, how are you, man? Absolutely. Listen, it's supply and demand. We got one really great corner, um, Akmar Garner, sauce, man. Um, listen, you might have to take him with pick number four. Take him with four mm. and see what drops on edge. See what drops on edge to, to number 10. If, we, if we're not going to trade, I'm talking, you know, if we're not going to trade, we're going to stay, um, stay with all the picks that we have. That's the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. Um, okay. Okay. You know, so when, well, you, when you also get, when you look at when you go go ahead. No, if, if, what happens if we get like Trevon Walker at, at ten? What's the to ten? Is he a big? Is he that that big of a drop off? Um, from the, from our number one edge pick, you know, Kayvon Timino. I mean, we're not gonna get Hutchison. I'm trying to talk quick. We're not, but um, mm-hmm. we can get Kayvon on four possibly. But is Trevon Walker that much of a drop off? If we're going to be able to get the number one cornerback in, in this draft at, at pick four. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to discuss there. I don't know if, I don't know if Trayvon Walker is going to still be there at 10. There's a lot of talk about him possibly going to the Giants, possibly going anywhere from, you know, five to, to, to nine or five to eight. But, you know, if we were to get him somewhere around there, that would be – I think he would be solid. Again, he's freakishly athletic. He really, really is. And he's a guy that I think can come in here and do some things. Now, my final question for you, Tommy, before I let you go, a quick hit, is what are your thoughts about the disrespect that the national media continues to show the New York Jets? Come on, we're used to it. You know what? They, they're always going to hit us. They're going to hit us real left. We have to, we have to parry and duck and hit them back, man. We've got to hit them <laughs> back by showing them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, if we, I mean we, can't, we can't do a trade. We can't do a trade for a wide receiver. I mean, if we have to give up a first-round pick, too, because, mm-hmm. come on, we have to pay this guy. I mean, what, well, yeah. that's, what, that's what the value is. The value on a, a first-round pick is you have to pay a rookie contract, and you can get a first-round quality guy. And, look, all these, yeah. all these great wide receivers, they, we, they all, they're all known about. They're all known receivers, and they fall to the second round. We can, we can easily grab one or two in the second round, you know? Yeah, listen to Listen, Tommy, I hear you. I got to let you go, man. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Phenomenal. Listen, salutes to everybody that called in tonight. This was a hot show. We had a lot of callers. Salutes to all of my new callers, new listeners, new viewers as well. Definitely love going back and forth with you folks. Listen, I am the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love going back and forth with you folks. Also, leave me some feedback. I love going back and forth with you folks about what I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also on Twitter as well at YoungJ000. Again, YoungJ000. Go ahead and follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I am the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. 
at all times. Hopefully, you know, we'll see. Maybe I'll have a Drake London Jets jersey. Maybe I will. You know what I mean? I know some people thinking, you know, different things about them. I'm just saying I watched them at SC. I watched them break off Notre Dame 170. I watched them give Washington 170 at over 1,000 yards. That's all I'm saying is big body wide receiver goes up and gets it. I understand there's some reservations, different people, a lot of people talking different things. I'm just saying he's a beast. Come on. Can I get a Drake London Jets jersey? Come on, Joe Douglas. Make it happen. You know what I'm saying? But I'll be down there. So if you want to troll me, we can go back and forth. I'm also on YouTube as well. Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. All right? Go there. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell so when I post content, you folks will be in the know. If you want to troll me, no issues. Hit those comments. We'll go back and forth on there as well. And as always, people, when you see me in person, all right, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone. Free hugs for everyone. The hugs will cost you absolutely nothing. They will always remain free. I want to thank you folks for listening. Thank you folks for taking the times out of your day to call in and listen to the show. You folks are the absolute best. Without you people, I'm absolutely nothing. Thank you. I also want to thank Tony Pauline for coming on to the show. Phenomenal, phenomenal analyst. Phenomenal, phenomenal guy. Knows all about the NFL. Salute to him. I want to thank him for coming on as well. And, again, I want to thank all the callers. You folks have a good one. Peace. (laughs) 